All right, this is the Sharp Square podcast, Hindsight 2020. This one post week three, our first losing week in the contest. Yeah, me and Mike ran up against it yesterday, went two and three. And I went through all the games, and it was certainly a disappointing Sunday. One of the picks I'll talk about, I went a little bit heavy money-wise on the game, and it really, it wasn't necessarily a bad pick, but my evaluation of how good of a pick and how worthy of a pick it was was wrong. You know, I call this uh, little thing that I do every Monday, Hindsight 2020, obviously based on the idea that when we have the knowledge of of what happened clearly we know exactly the opinion we should have formulated when we were trying to handicap it and i think what it really emphasizes is what we see that forgives us to do due diligence that's what in hindsight we see that we don't see when we're picking these games we don't see we see what we want to see that allows us to skip over some big question marks and it also allows us to dismiss restraint so we don't have to you know take a grain of salt with an opinion on a team um we can just go ahead and either bet against that or bet on that team we we take this little sampling of the previous games and we really base an opinion and you know we try not to over exaggerate um try not to lean into them too much cuz they're only a little sampling but they are the only sampling of gameplay and sometimes when teams tell you who they are you got to believe them, or at least it's the job of the handicapper, handicapper to sort of figure out what version. One of the teams, and we'll just talk about this game now, Tennessee. I, I bet heavy on this game. I was about two and a half times my standard bet, two and a half units, however you want to put it. Uh, part of the reason was is because I bet on the game earlier than I usually do. I bet it at plus three. And when it got to plus three and a half, I felt like, oh, I should have waited. So not only did I bet, you know, the, the same single unit bet on the three and a half, I had to bet a little bit more so that if three hit, if the game landed on three, I wouldn't just, you know, push because of the plus three that I would really make some good money on the three and a half. I got out of my sorts on this one. You know, two cardinal mistakes. One is we didn't do our due diligence on Tennessee. We were concerned that this team is sort of in the twilight of the Derrick Henry is just the dominant workhorse who carries Tennessee up and down the field. And we're behind a really bad offensive line. Tannehill's a mobile quarterback that's getting older. You know, we know Vrabel's going to coach him up and they're going to play tough, but we worried about this Tennessee offense. We worried about it after the first week at New Orleans. But once they scored some points against the Los Angeles Chargers and the great Brandon Staley, who we'll talk about in a minute here, we sort of, we just forgave any criticism we had or questions we had. Oh, can Tennessee play offense? With the handicap was, oh, we're fine with Tennessee. 
And then, you know, where we were able to dismiss restraint was, look, with Deshaun Watson and the fact that he hasn't played well, everybody knows that. That's baked into the number at this point. Nobody is evaluating Cleveland like Deshaun Watson is the all-pro. You know, they're evaluating him somewhere near an average quarterback with upside. But we, again, we took this one sample and sort of made it the nail in the coffin. And it was a team that looked bad on Monday night football. And they didn't even look all that bad. It's just Cleveland, uh, their defense couldn't score two touchdowns. But we've seen now in three games, Cleveland's defense look really good, be really dominant. And I'm not saying Deshaun Watson is ever going to be the great version that he was before, but this game, sort of the opinion was that he was going to be as bad or worse than he was last Monday night, which is sort of the floor for him. And we talk about all the time, Mike and I, how you don't want to overreact and bet against the teams that lose in these big Monday night spots. Yet here we were, both of us making Tennessee our ultimate decision. The official category was the sandwich shop spot because Cleveland was in between divisional games. But this was a route. And it really, I thought, exemplified the theme of what I try to do here on Hindsight 2020. You know, I want to be honest. Uh, we want to, you know, back up the opinions that we made in our super contest picks and we're going to own up to them. But I think it's also a great exercise to see how you might have gone about handicapping the game wrong. And this is like the name implies hindsight's 2020 because this morning I'm seeing all sorts of things that I allowed myself even either to forgive the Tennessee Titans who I wanted to bet on or that I wanted to dismiss things that I, I should have held Cleveland in higher um, regard to. So bad pick on bad pick in that game. That was just a bad pick for us. Um, let's keep with the losing. A chain of custody. We had the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, I'm just gonna say up front. One of the things I mentioned last week, and this was not, I was on the Raiders with Mike here. So I'm not trying to say I wanted to take the Steelers. But the question when Mike said the offense has regressed in Pittsburgh, I said, has it regressed or did they just go up against San Fran and Cleveland? I think this is what we, both Mike and I expected Pittsburgh's offense to look like, is what it looked like in this Raider game. Not great. But it is, it can move the football in, in some shape or form. And shame on us for sort of thinking that Pittsburgh was going to come and look as bad as they've looked uh, against the Raiders as they did against Cleveland and San Francisco. We knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, look, these are just a lot of spots for the Raiders where they are just a team that is hard to trust. When they don't dominate the run game and their defense is on the field a bunch, things don't go well. Jimmy G, the guy wins a lot of games, but he loses a lot in these primetime spots. Not that he didn't play hard, but he just has these plays that just baffle you where he just gives the ball away. Um, Look, when I do the 
recording of this, I haven't listened to any pundits, okay? So I'm not following anybody else's leads here. I could be dumb in my opinion. I could be parroting what you've heard a thousand times already. I'm simply going to say this about Josh McDaniels and the decision down by eight with over two minutes left, down in the red zone, fourth and four to kick the field goal in a one-score game, down by eight. I don't care what the analytics people say. This is why sometimes... I think I'm the most critical of analytics because people inject them so that when they're wrong and things don't work out, they can cite the rational and logical decision to go with the probability, to go with the math. Something in the math said, go ahead and kick a field goal here, but The problem with math and analytics are all they track, they look at everything as a data point. They don't look at things as a moment with human beings involved, with momentum gathering on each side. The Raiders were outplayed this entire game by Pittsburgh. In the trenches, Pittsburgh ran the ball. The Raiders had to abandon the run. Jimmy G was turning it over. Kenny Pickett was taking care of the football. The Raiders were within one score of this game at home and somehow had a chance to get the game to overtime. Dude, that's the time you turn to Jimmy G and your offense and say, go out there and get the game for us, guys. That's what coaches who understand the human element do. And I'm not saying that Josh McDaniels doesn't. But I think one of the biggest crimes nowadays in analytics is they allow people to make bad decisions because then they don't have to own up to them because the math told me to do it. I think there are just times where you have to choose to do the right thing. Do what's best for your players. You need to get it right versus trying to be right. I think that's a great lesson that people can learn in all sorts of aspects of their life. Stop trying to be right. Get it right. This was a chance that the Raiders could have gone out and stole one, or at least put themselves in position to steal one. And instead, they played the numbers and watched Pittsburgh basically run out the clock and lost the game. And didn't cover. Okay, that was another one of our losses. Um, My bad for bringing up the Minnesota Vikings game. You know, I thought O'Connell would have a coaching advantage because Staley is so god-awful, but these guys come from, like, the same breed. I mean, they're just... O'Connell didn't know how to take any advantage of Staley. Minnesota's execution is terrible. Look... Both of these teams are 0-2 for a reason. And whenever you're betting on a game that the market is telling you is a coin flip, they're like, all things considered, I don't know, flip a coin. You are betting on two teams that lack situational execution. What do they do in the key moments of the game? And this is nothing against the players, 
I thought the players did okay in this game. Cousins missed a lot. Herbert played for what they gave him. I mean, the Chargers weren't even going to run the football. Herbert executed fantastically. Brandon Staley tried his hardest. He did everything he could do to mismanage this game and turn it into a loss. But the Vikings just could not execute at the end. They had their they had their hands on the ball every single play and couldn't bring home a touchdown on that final drive. And then Cousins, of course, throws it into traffic and gets intercepted. It was just one of those games where For all the Chargers fans who think they made a good bet on that game, you did not make a good bet on that game. You overlooked the fact that your coach did everything in his power to give that game up. But at the same time, as I shake my head at you and look down and look at my Minnesota Vikings win ticket, I'm a moron too. Everyone who participated in betting the Vikings-Chargers game lost there. We, we, We are all a little bit worse off for having involved ourselves in that game. Okay, we did have a couple of wins. I'm going to keep it short and sweet because that's all you need to say about Houston. This was a simple handicap. We used a basic divisional trend where Houston just dominates this series. Look, you might not care to watch the Texans or Jaguars. I don't care to watch them. Jaguars, they actually care, though, when they're playing the Texans and vice versa. This is a division rivalry game. These teams know each other. And Houston has an edge. And just ask yourself a simple question. When you are laying these monster favorites, does the quarterback really yield being that pricey? Because that's what it's going to come down to. Were you telling me that Trevor Lawrence was 7.5 points better than C.J. Stroud? If I had told you before the game, oh, Stroud will outplay Lawrence in this game now you might be a little bit surprised but would you be shocked it wouldn't be like I was telling you he was going to outplay Mahomes or Josh Allen Trevor Lawrence is just not at that caliber the Jacksonville Jaguars shouldn't be favored by over a touchdown against anyone especially a division rival this is just one of those games when you do this long enough and you pick up on the right trends. Me and Mike are big harpers on divisional rivals getting more than a field goal. This was more than a touchdown, and we saw some some good things in, in Houston. I said after week one, they're not going to play Baltimore's defense every week. And after watching Indy Baltimore, <laughs> their week two game against Indy wasn't so great. It was a lot more open up against the Jaguars here. Uh, This was a great pick. Uh, One of the cash plays I made uh, this week, too. I wish I had played it as uh, confidently as I'd played Tennessee. But uh, none the same. Houston, the the ugly Betty, uh, proving a winner as Houston so often does in this category. All right, last topic here I want to talk about. Indianapolis. I called it the trap game here. I just thought that Baltimore could sleepwalk through this. We liked the way Indianapolis was going to play with Gardner Minshew. It was terrible weather. Um, but here's one thing, and this is I I want to point this out to people because I think it's a great lesson as you try to evaluate coaching. Shane Steichen 
he's known for being Philadelphia's offensive coordinator. So we think he's going to be this wild, tons of offense, tons of plays, trying to score all the time, you know, all analytics, always going for it. He's not, though. He took five Matt Gay field goals in this game of over 50 yards. The guy kept trying to put points on the board. He played tough defense against Baltimore. He contained Lamar from beating him, throwing the football, played amongst the elements. They dominated time of possession. They ran the ball 37 times. Baltimore even missed a late 61-yard field goal in this game that would have given Baltimore the win. But I just like the way Steichen plays. Sure, there's a way he wants to play offense, but he's going to adjust and cater to what you're going to give him. And that's great coaching. And the fact that he had the, the patience to continuously take field goals, to not feel like he had to strike and win in some kind of shootout because any minute here comes Lamar. This was just the type of sleepwalk. I thought I'm picking these spots better and better for Baltimore. Why? Because I've lost so much money swallowing the points betting Baltimore in these spots. I finally recognized it from the other side. Unfortunately, I got chicken here and the line dropped to seven before I was ready to bet it and I didn't pull the trigger. I thought I'd miss the best of the number. You know, just another way I can get it right yet somehow get it wrong. Uh, But Indy was a great pick for us. Two and three on the week, first losing week, nine and six on the year. Certainly lost a little headway here, but we're okay. We're nine and six after three weeks. We can start seeing the ball better sharpening up our power ratings, really getting an eye and trusting our gut and separating the good from the bad. This has been Hindsight 2020. Two more games tonight. Good luck and happy betting.